And a good evening to you all in Kenya and around the world. This is Global Digest with the Global Digest team. Of course, it's uh, myself, Laban Wanambisi, um, our political guru, Irene Mwangi, <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, the gentleman behind the mix and the man who knows everything about sports and women football, women sports. Mm-hmm. His name is Blaze Ugutu. Nice to have you. Thank you for having <laughs> me again. <laughs> You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Now, today we are starting, we are having this basic conversation on the backdrop of yesterday was the 13th anniversary of when we, gi- we gave ourselves the 2010 constitution. And we will be looking at is it, um, what are the gains, what are the hits and misses that we have had over the last 13 years, and maybe. Is it time that we should be looking at um, we should be looking at, at the first amendment to the constitution? And also, we'll be um, digesting one uh, one key topic that has been on everyone's mind: what happened on Friday night that Kenya was thrown into a 14-hour blackout. And also, we'll be looking at something that the Western media has decided to call the Spanish kiss gate. Something that I know a lot of people in the office have actually are actually waiting to hear how how it will go down between Blaze and myself, and of course another person who just doesn't know how to let go of controversy or is making money from controversy is Dr. Donald Trump, who presented himself um, at a Georgia uh, jail jailhouse and ended up making money out of that, but. Out of all those conversations, we have the best place to start will be with the issue of the Constitution. But first, we have to go back in time to 2010. I, Waikibaki, President and Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of the Republic of Kenya, declare that the Constitution set out in a schedule shall be the new Constitution of Kenya with effect from the 27th August, the year 2010. The biggest question in the room is, I know where I was when that was being said, because... Chances are, uh, if you could actually get um, a, a beat per minute of the people clapping, you'd actually hear my clap and my shouting. Oh, really? Yes, I was at Uhuru Park covering <laughs> that event. Um, so yeah, Irene, where were you? Um, I was watching uh, the event live. I was not um, privileged enough to cover the function because by then I had not started my... Uh, you know, my journey as a journalist, yeah. my career journey as a journalist, but I was watching the event live. I, I quite remember it. It is quite memorable. Yeah. I would say I fall in the category that, you know, <laughs> appreciated <laughs> <laughs> the pr- promulgation of the 2010 constitution. Blazy? 10, th- 13 years ago. I was yeah, 10. 2010. Yeah. Oh. 2010. I was yeah. 10. Uh, ten, oh, 10 years? 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm a child. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do remember. That one, it's, you didn't want me. Yes. <laughs> it's uh-huh. one of those cases of 
you remember when and where exactly you are yeah. when it was happening. Yeah. So I was at home. Okay. Excellent, yeah. excellent. It's interesting to actually get a feel of where everyone was and the kind of the the difference in the edge sets, but it's okay. Um, we we live and learn. Uh, but today, what we are looking at is not just the blast through the past. It's also what has happened in the last 13 years. And one of the things that the Constitution, the 2010 Constitution gave us was the promise of devolution. Mm-hmm. Irene, you are, you are a parliamentary reporter, and one of the things that you deal with is um, Senate holding uh, governors to account. account yes. How would you say the story of devolution 13 years down the line has shaped up? All right. Um, I'll start by saying that, you know, I'm happy to see um, the massive transformation that has taken place, especially in the, in most of the rural areas um, in the country as a result of the devolved funds leading to, you know, much better quality of life for more Kenyans, which was not the case uh, pre-2010 um, constitution era. And in fact, in some counties that were quite marginalized at the time, that is um, northern part of Kenya, uh, looking into Turkana County, Mandara, Wajir, they had not um, cited development for the longest time because then we had the notion that they were not close to power. Uh, we had a lot of politics concerning um, how w- which tribes then who are close to power, then there will be development will trickle down to um, um, those particular constituents or um, regions. Then we had the, the eight provinces. So uh, post the 2010 constitution, of course, the counties got to benefit from the devolved funds. And um, that was one of the major uh, transformation in terms of um, infrastructure and um, some of the functions that, you know, were devolved, uh, were granted to the devolved units. Mm-hmm. However, it's still sad that some of the counties have not fully reached their potential vis-a-vis um, the funds that have been, you know, devolved, which is a case, which is an issue of, of course, mismanagement. And 13 years in, we have seen um, governors being impeached. Um, former Nairobi governor Mike Sonko and former Kiambu governor Ferdinand Waititu, mm-hmm. which um, is a clear symbol that um, corruption has got, gotten into the way of uh, transformation of counties and, you know, mismanagement <coughs> of funds. But on, on the issue of funds, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some who have argued that counties have, been, have not been given their fair share mm-hmm. in the sense that when you look at what the parameter that they use, mm-hmm. um, for the, what do you call it, the last approved um, figure by the Public Accounts Committee, mm-hmm when you look at it, it's usually from like three years down the line and they're arguing when parliament when parliament passes a budget, they usually deal with current figures. So why not bring the current figure? Even if you look at the BBI, mm-hmm. the BBI was actually suggesting that the next share the next equitable shareable revenue will be determined by the current the current statistics as opposed to what you're dealing with three years down the line. Yeah, um, which again, it's 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 quite unfortunate. And of course, looking into the 2023-2024 financial year, 
um, what the national government um, got vis-a-vis what the counties got. You can see um, the disparity in terms of um, sharing of funds between you know the two um, level of government. But the issue of sharing funds has been quite political. Mm-hmm. And given that um, our structure of governance in terms of our arms of government in terms of the, the executive and the legislature in this pla- in, in this in this case who are involved in this particular process given that we have seen some sort of an underhand of the executive um, um, onto the legislature to an extent that the commission commission of revenue revenue allocation would um, propose the counties to get say um, 425 billion shillings mm-hmm. but then um, the Senate will go ahead and, and pass uh, 380 um, billion shillings because um, the president in this case has said that is the money that is there to, yeah. to allocate to counties. Of yeah. course, you can see that devolution is not getting um, the, the, the benefits or the standard it should get um, given the structures that have been put in place and the proposals that are there. Yeah. So it is quite unfortunate that that is happening. But be that as it may, even the funds that they're getting right now, they're not being managed um, uh, properly. Corruption is getting into the way. And an analysis of the county government uh, performance on matters of public finance management reveals that nearly all um, the 47 county governments are yet to realize their full potential even with the funds that they've been been allocated currently, even if you, you will want to argue that it's not enough mm-hmm. to ensure implementation of devolution at the devolved units. And in cases whereby we have seen governors have been impeached, we have not seen the public uh, monies that have been stolen being returned to the public coffers, mm-hmm. which is quite un- uh, unfortunate to show that uh, some of these corruption cases fizzle uh, along the way. Uh, which again is a loss to the taxpayer. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the concerns I think when we were when I was voting in I was voting yes to the constitution mm-hmm. was the idea that I had of devolution is not what, what is? I am seeing mm-hmm. being practiced. Mm-hmm. Um when we were when we were when we, the campaigns were going on when you're doing um what do you call it uh civic education on the issue of devolution you are actually presenting a picture of what you're going to get is a centralized unit on its own. Yeah. It will determine its way of working mm-hmm. and stuff. But in 2013 when everything now beca- when the rubber hit the road, we got this hybrid sort uh, of <laughs> system, system of system of government and then mm. um what you call uh, the then um president decided to give a certain number of uh, functions mm. to the counties, the counties themselves were not prepared to receive. So, so it was more like you you are trying to stuff a baby with food and they can't swallow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that um, that w- has has been uh, the downfall of of uh, the devolution uh, project in Kenya and the issue of. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Decentralizing mm-hmm. corruption and decentralizing negative ethnicity. And I think, um, given that 13 years on during the devolution um, conference that was held in Wasin Gishu, um, hearing President William Ruto say that in 60 days um, they will devolve all the functions that are supposed to be under the county governments, it has 
taken us quite a lot of time to devolve some of these functions. At the same time, when we had the debate um, whether health should be uh, is a function to be reverted back to the national government, mm-hmm. you can see either it's an issue of, of, of structure or mismanagement to the extent that while we are agitating for some of these functions to be devolved, at the same time we are having discussion of them being reverted back to the national government because of the issue of mismanagement. And we had the health union uh, then, when mm-hmm. we had the BBI um, debate, saying that counties have failed to uh, manage health function, which is quite a critical function, given that it affects all Kenyans. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a debatable issue. Um, from which, from from different angles that you may want to see it. Yes, the the county governors would argue the issue is the f- the functions were devolved, mm-hmm. that but the resources did not follow. Yeah, and they usually say money <laughs> money should follow the functions, mm-hmm. which now um, is is quite unfortunate. But given that we still ha- having the issue of corruption in counties, then. Even as we want to agitate for more resources to be devolved into the counties and the functions to be all the functions that, that should be under county governments to be um, um, taken up by the counties, we still have to ensure that we have robust robust structures when it comes to the fight against craft, because even at the national level it has still been an issue, and at the county level is still an issue. So that should be the debate, even as we are agitating for um, the functions to be taken uh, to all the functions that are supposed to be under the county government to be devolved to, to the counties. Okay. Um, where as we take a break, when we come back, we'll be dealing with another issue still on the issue of uh, accountability, but this time on electoral accountability. We take a break. We'll be right back. Capital FM. And welcome back to Global Digest with myself, Laban Wanambisi, uh, Blaze, and Irene. On the issue, still on the issue of 13 years after the after Kenya promulgated uh, the 2010 Constitution, we've just dealt with the issue of devolution and its funding. We move on to the next issue, and in the spirit of bipartisanship, <laughs> Irene takes it over. All right. Now, w- when we talk about the issue of um, the promulgation of the 2010 Constitution. Um, we understand that this constitution was birthed out of a grand coalition government. And before um, we um, had the grand coalition government, that is between um, the former president, Moe Kibaki, and the former prime minister, Raila Odinga, it was after the aftermath of the 2007-2008 uh, post-election violence, mm-hmm. which brought about the conversation around IEBC reforms and all of that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps... When you look at it, we had the critical issue of the 50 plus one threshold, which took a lot of time to stick, especially um, in the political arena. Can you say that was one of the transformational um, reforms when it comes to elections? Um, Yeah, in the sense that the presidential competition has, the presidential elections have always been closely fought. And if you look at the, the, the 2007 election, it was one that was, that was just um, to the wire, to the extent that you didn't know who had won and who had lost, to the extent that um, even the former um, 
uh, ECK mm-hmm. <laughs> chairperson sorry I was trying Kiri to remember <laughs> yeah. uh, ECK chairperson mm-hmm. said he wasn't sure who was won, won. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked the former president he said he was told he was won he, he had won, won mm-hmm. and that's what he went with mm-hmm. but now coming with the issue coming up with the issue of 50 plus 1 the co- the committee of experts um, led by the by justice Nzamba Gitonga the late came up with a figure that you'd had to work towards mm-hmm. and at first it was they they played around with different figures different scenarios mm-hmm. but someone came up with how about we just do 50 at first it was just 50% mm-hmm. and then whatever happens happens All right. yes mm-hmm. but then someone said let's just make it a bit a little bit interesting let's add the plus 1 mm-hmm. and that's how we got this uh, that that uh, threshold only that when it was first put to the tre- to the test in 2013 mm-hmm. some political players then uh, the then code led uh, by Raila Odinga got the mathematics wrong mm-hmm. in that they thought it meant you get to you get to 51% and in the public domain that was the understanding yeah to large extent and, yes mm-hmm. until the IBC chairperson then Isaac Hassan and then who was then validated by the Supreme Court in the explanation it meant you get to the 50 50% threshold and then whatever comes after that so that is what gave um the then president uhuru kenyatta and the, and the jubilee the victory mm-hmm. after they get, they garnered 50 po- uh, 50.08% yeah. of the total votes cast okay. so at least it 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 helped with with the people knowing how who would win what would happen how to determine who has won mm, the threshold yes mm. as opposed to if we were just supposed we knew there were 808 million voters so whoever gets the highest amount even if it is just by one vote simple majority <laughs> simple majority you mm. you are declared the winner and that made everything a, a little bit more it made the the loser be a little bit bitter mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and do you, do you think um so far when it comes to ibc reforms we have you know gotten there as a country because 13 years on we are talking about transparency the opening of servers and um what um should be the criteria in terms of choosing the ibc commissioners how are we going about that uh, as, as a nation given the context and the the preamble of the 2010 constitution i think with the what you call it, with the years we have we have been improving in terms of when when you go to vote um for instance in the 2022 uh general election it's for me it's the first time i voted the other pre- the other years i have been i have been an observer uh, through them uh, by being a media person mm-hmm. so you get to ask people how was how? it yeah. yeah this one was a bit you'd say it was easy and it was more transparent and given the fact that there were lessons that were learned from 2013 2017 and those those um those presented improvements improvements in how do you declare how do you declare um uh, a result at a polling center mm-hmm. then how do you transmit it upwards and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. with a uh, member of parliament with mca with governor with how do you deal with each of those uh, categories mm-hmm. the ibc has been learning and has been improving and the thing that is also uh, making it also easier is the fact that the electorate 
is younger mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's 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 increasingly younger yeah. and is it is increasingly digital so it's easier to communicate with them mm-hmm. through other digital platforms or through um not necessarily that you have to be face to face with them but you can you can reach them through um social media platforms mm-hmm. and they they get it a bit too too easily um the other issue i think that has has more or less uh, come out as a, a sticking point mm. is that issue of the server. Yeah. <laughs> because I, in in as far as trans, uh, being transparent is concerned, mm-hmm. you'd want to have a look. Uh, if you're told that there's another creature that was handling this mm-hmm. election, mm-hmm. you'd want to know how does this creature look like? Yeah. Is it a box? Is it what does it look like? What does mm-hmm. a server look mm-hmm. like? Mm-hmm. What does it handle? But when you are told we cannot give you access because it will infringe on the rights of Copyrights. other third, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. But now it will. If you go with the decision um, of the 2022 presidential election, where mm-hmm. the IBC wa- was told now you have to separate the servers you have one server that will basically deal with the administrative work of the commission mm-hmm. and a server that will deal with the elections mm-hmm. that that has helped and also the the function um in regards to what a commission is supposed to do and um what the secretariat is supposed to do that removes also another clash and also the chairperson what what is his role as the presidential returning officer yeah in uh, in conjunction with what are the commissioners supposed to do in regards to um telling of the votes in a presidential election i think those are the things that we are we we are learning slowly on how to how to how to improve our electioneering uh, process and i think if you looked at what happened last year after the election the country was moving on peacefully yeah, yeah. the only thing that kind of just um tripped us up was how long it took to announce the winner then that That's brought back the, the anxiety the anxi- that, yes. that that comes with the election and i think we we've made um, progress as a nation and it comes to um conducting elections mm-hmm. though we still have a long way to go uh, given you know um the political leaders contesting some of these elections. Ania on, you're talking about opening of the servers. And the 2022 presidential election, uh, presidential petition, what um, the Supreme Court said, I think will guide us even in subsequent elections so that mm-hmm. we can make progress in terms of having a transparent and verifiable election. Yeah, in the sense that if you actually look at it, you don't need necessarily to convince the political players. You just need to convince the voters the voters that is what they call public confidence um it, when the ibc was was actually being formed i remember um the then commission the then chairperson isaac hassan brought in one of the commissioners from south africa the south african um the south african version of ibc yeah. yes brought them in and the one thing that that guy that uh, gentleman told um isaac hassan and kenya in general was in order for you to have uh, proper elections, please ensure you have carried along members of the public at every stage. Step, yeah. Yes. So that means you don't wait for the election to start. The elections are not a one-day event. Mm-hmm. It's not the voting and counting. And, yeah, no, it's a cycle. The, yes. The election starts as soon as you declared mm. the last one. For instance, right now, 
we should actually be talking about or the IBC should actually be talking sh- taking us through what are mm. they doing mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. to improve on what they did and how do they how would they wish Kenyans um, can contribute to that topic and if you actually look one of the things that they looked one of the things that they s- they did throughout the years is reducing the number of people who can vote in a stream. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think it's 700, but it's... Yes, it's, it's 700, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's 700, so mm-hmm. that you don't have people, um, what do you call it, queuing up and it looks like you are going, it's a, it's a line to heaven or yeah, something Yeah, and, like and that. even in the process of voting and tallying, it makes it even more easier because mm-hmm. in some polling station, as soon as they close the polling station, the process of um, tallying, collating and tallying, mm-hmm. Um, was quite a smooth process. So I think it's unfortunate right right now we don't have a commission because of the political standoff that is there between Azmiu, Lamoja and Kenya Kwanza. But I think it's a it's it's, it's a discussion that, you know, should be at the fore when mm. it comes to um, reforms in the electoral body. Okay. And with that we take another short break and we'll be back still with the thirteen years after the promulgation of the constitution. <laughs> And welcome back. It is the Global Digest with myself, Laban Wanambisi, um, Irene Mwangi, and Blaze. We are still talking about the issue of the 13 years after Kenya promulgated um, it, the 2010 constitution. We have looked at some of the things that we have done right, um, including the biggest promise in the constitution was devolution. We've looked at the the, the, the gains and the losses. We've also looked at the, the critical feature in the presidential election, the introduction of the 50 plus one, uh, 50% plus one threshold to determine the winner and how that has changed the the competition wi- between the presidential um, candidates. The next conversation is something that is in the bipartisan talks and I am almost tempted to uh, throw the ball back to Irene because it is something that is usually um, whenever it's mentioned the face of a woman has to appear on it. Mm-hmm. The issue of two-thirds gender rule. I think the place, the best place to start is, is it a, wom- a women's issue? Is gender women? <laughs> <laughs> well, why it appears to be a woman issue is because in the country, um, women have been sort of alienated when it comes to political leadership. We're just playing um, catch-up in each subsequent election. And when we were promulgating the 2010 constitution, it appeared that maybe as a country we'll make progress in terms of um, um, getting ourselves out of the chains of the patriarchal system. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the constitution is too uh, progressive for the political elite because they choose what they want to implement and what not to implement. And looking into the 13th parliament, it is quite unfortunate that um, it's a sea of male faces um, you know, um, taking up the positions um, both in the National Assembly and the Senate. But I will say that we it's, all, it's not all doom. We are, we are making uh, progress as a nation looking into the 2022 um, general election, uh, the August 9th, 
where we witnessed a positive shift in terms of political participation and representation of women. So um, the female candidates that made up um, the total number of candidates that were gazetted by the IEBC um, was 11%, mm-hmm. which, then, which was an increase in terms of participation because for women to get um, these particular seats, it all starts with the participation of the women from the onset in terms of the number of candidates that have been gazetted by the electoral body to participate. And when we had the um, 2022 general election, uh, we saw um, the number of women who um, vied for the six elective seats in terms of those who were elected. There was an increase. Uh, For example, in the female gubernatorial um, seat, the candidates increased from um, nine in 2017 to 22 um, in 2022. And out of these 22, seven were elected as county government um, county governor, sorry, which represented that two percent success. It's an indication that yes, yes, we are we are not yet there, but mm-hmm. we are making progress. Mm-hmm. If at all this particular trajectory is to continue even in the 2027 um, general election. And even I will commend uh, President William Ruto in terms of um, when it came to choosing um, the cabinet secretaries who will sit in his cabinet. Of course, we saw a number, we saw an increase in terms of representation of women in that particular cabinet. Mm -hmm. But when you come to elective politics, it seems women or the populace, the voters, do not necessarily um, feel like they have to elect more women. Um, it is so serious that when this issue was being handled by the courts, mm-hmm. at some point the courts say the courts actually declared Parliament, both houses of Parliament, were sitting um, illegally, illegally mm-hmm. and um, uh, um, advised the Chief Justice to write to the president, the former president Uhuru Kenyatta to dissolve parliament mm-hmm. because it was un- it was sitting unconstitutionally and illegally mm-hmm. until they can be able to meet the two-thirds gender. My uh, my way of looking at it is, so one of the things that the constitution did, mm-hmm. uh, the drafters of the constitution did, was they gave wim- uh, women the the women, what do you call it, the county women rep- representative seat. Yeah, af- affirmative yes. action. Yeah. Affirmative action, yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other quota that you that women also get as nominated. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, f- the interesting thing is whenever a, 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 a bill was brought to try and realize the two-thirds gender rule, mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time, the county women reps were not in the house mm-hmm. to give to give <coughs> a parliament the required numbers, at least to to move the conversation into into second reading. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate I hate <laughs> this statement because uh, it it is one of those stereotyping things. Yeah, but are women <laughs> are women their own worst enemies um it, it's 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 a line that has been thrown here and there mm-hmm. to try and show that you know the patriarchal system is there to stay and that women will never support one of their own but i, I don't believe in, in 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 that particular stereotype or um statement uh, depending on how you want to look at it but I would say that given the tendency and, and, and what we have seen before in mm-hmm. terms of the 12th parliament, the majority leader then um, Adendwale presenting that particular 
um, bill to have the attainment of two-thirds gender rule and women themselves were not there, I would, I would sit to think it was not a woman issue, it was more of a political issue because um, some of these women representatives, before even they get to those elective seats, they are propelled there by a certain party. Yes. And therefore, sometimes party politics get into the way of attainment of um, women in leadership positions. I mean, someone <laughs> will argue, yes, when it comes to the issue of um, pay, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. or CDF, um, CDF money. Yeah. The members of parliament, regardless of their, their, their party affiliations, mm-hmm. They gang up together and they move. Mm-hmm. They move. The they move. They move to pass that motion. They move to pass that amendment. But in this case, an issue that is affecting a certain gender. Mm-hmm. The one of the one of the one of the comments that you usually get is, "We don't want to pass this uh, this uh, particular amendment mm. because our political party leaders." will use it to award their girlfriends, their their their, their cronies mm-hmm. and everyone like that. People who should ideally not be in this house. And you are and you are like wait a how minute. Did, you, you are a nominated <laughs> member of parliament. How did you get here yourself? Exactly. So i I guess that's why you, mm. you get that feeling that someone would say women are their own worst enemies. It's a dicey issue, but uh, again, I wouldn't want to to debate it from that uh, angle and and see it from that point Mm -hmm. because I have seen women who have uh, agitated for women's rights in parliament, regardless of their political divide, including um, the Suna... Suba South, yes. a member of parliament, uh, Milio, Milio Diambo. Diambo. Yeah, d- regardless of uh, the political affiliation, they have come out to agitate for women's rights in parliament in, in instances where they see that there's some sort of discrimination or there's some sort of, uh, you know, emotional abuse and, and all of that. So I wouldn't want to see it from that point. I would want to say that sometimes as women, we're not proactive when it comes to fighting for this political leadership and just the other day, the political, um, the Registry of Political Parties and Derito said that it was unfortunate that women ran for these elective seats six months to the election, which is quite late for you to um, popularize yourself as a candidate. We are having sentiments of the president right currently campaigning for the 2027 general election. It is four years away, mm. but again... Given you might want to say he's on a development tour or what you might try to call it, but somebody, so, some people are seeing it as a political campaign. The so if a sitting president, he has been called. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. if a sitting president can start campaigning as early as one year into office, how about a woman who wants an elective seat in a society that is quite entrenched in the patriarchal system? So us not being quite proactive when it comes to seeking this leadership position sometimes defeats the attempts and the efforts of, you know, having our way in this leadership No, uh, the funny thing post. is you, you've kept on referring or making that statement the society is pa- patriarchal. Patri- patriarchal. There you go. But I really don't think so. Like, I really, like, I think we've moved we have we've moved as as a people mm-hmm. from that generation mm-hmm. that just thought that it's only men who can lead it's only men who can now we are we are we are a bit liberal 
we, in the we are, se- look we, at our corporate our corporate sector yes we, we are making progress but we are not yet there and that's why i'm saying even the corporate sector where we are, we are seeing uh, more female ceo and uh, companies that are driven by women yeah. in the same same companies we're having the debate of equal pay for equal amount of work done to show that even in the corporate world where you might think politics is not getting into the way of it they're still agitating for um the entanglement from the patriarchal system because the issue of equal pay has been seen as given that the husband is the breadwinner even if the woman is doing the same amount of job mm-hmm. you'll not get the same amount of remuneration which is quite unfortunate if you have a contrary opinion such as myself you can reach us on at capital fm uh, at capital fm on uh, on our Twitter handle and hash user use the hashtag global digest or you can whatsapp us on zero on zero one on zero on zero seven one zero nine eight four nine eight four this numbers blazer huh? <laughs> um and we will be taking a, a short break so that uh, we can go on with the next conversation point And welcome back to Global Digest with myself, Lebanon Ambisi, Irene Mwangi, and Blaze Ogutu. Um, so we've dealt with the issue of uh, the Constitution being 13 years old. And now <laughs> we are looking at something that has been bothering Kenyans <laughs> for the, over, over the whole weekend. Kenyans have been, were left in darkness, literally, for 14 hours. And the only thing we got to show for it was a statement from the Energy Cabinet Secretary indicating that the reason why we had a power blackout that lasted that long was because of a system system disturbance. That system disturbance led to um, cert- uh, certain management changes being done at uh, our international airport. Mm-hmm. Irene, where do we start in this conversation? Uh, you know, you know the issue of KPLC, <laughs> dis- despite what we witnessed on Friday, which was quite unfortunate, 14 hours is a long time, mm-hmm. given that most business rely on, uh, on, on electricity. Mm-hmm. KPLC has been notorious for uh, the, the monopoly that they have, which has begged the question whereby, should we end this KPLC monopoly? Because they have disappointed the country time and again. Is that the standard we should take as a country? It's uh, it's something that what do you call them? Uh, it's something that uh, the the Kenya Kwanzaa government are actually thinking about in the sense that they were uh, I- with the energy when the energy cabinet secretary was be- was being vetted in parliament, he actually suggested that they were thinking along the lines of decentralizing the services that KPLC I- is providing so that they just leave KPLC with the with the duty of of uh, more or less getting the power and dispersing it to the small units mm-hmm. yeah so that you don't you don't have uh, a, a national outfit that almost looks like it's overwhelmed yeah. but for the issue at hand 
Kenyans are still waiting for an explanation, a proper explanation, and probably <coughs> will we see heads rolling. And of course, I, whenever you you have public outcry, mm-hmm. members of parliament are usually dropped into uh, that. You yeah, know, are usually there mm-hmm. to act as the uh, the proverbial Absalom in 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 biblical sense, where mm-hmm. they would just come and say, "Oh, we are willing to listen to you," mm-hmm. and they have now summoned the energy CS and the KPLC management. But 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 away from the summons, you know those summons happen. People have discussions, and Kenyans have moved on. Right. There, there was this particular proposal by Nairobi um, Senator Edwin Sifuna saying that he'll make amendments to the Energy Act, mm-hmm. of course, to crush the powerful cartels that have been there in the electricity sector. But some experts have said that it is a little bit too late because we have entered into contracts with the independent power producers. That year contract with some of them mm-hmm. which means that the situation we're having at the moment it's something that will end in the next 30 years if we are not having reforms being put into place and it's quite unfortunate as a country we are entering into contract with some of these private entities yet the taxpayers continue to you know pay exorbitant prices in terms of electricity mm-hmm. and not quite getting value for money because leave alone the 14 hour issue some parts of the country have complained about inconsistencies when it comes to KPLC, which again, it's it's quite unfortunate. The cartels, cartels, cartels. Um, a wise man, or probably, uh, popularly known as the governor of Nairobi, uh, once said, the person who keeps on referring to cartels is a person who has failed in management. Mm-hmm. We have had um, the head of state mention that there are certain cartels and he will deal with them. When they were campaigning, one of the issues that they were saying is there are cartels in the energy sector. We will deal with them. Mm-hmm. Are these cartels um, so strong that successive governments cannot deal, cannot break them or bring them to account? Because I remember the tail end of, pres- of, of former President um, Uhuru Kenyatta administration. He had even formed a probe um, led by, you know, that was being led by the the, the former CS for energy, Monica Juma. But at the end of it, still, they could not crack mm. um, this particular powerful cartel, which now begs the question, if a state cannot, you know, crush these powerful cartels, who will? Are Kenyans supposed now to surrender and say, okay, uh, let it be, we'll pay these, you know, high bills because the administration that we put in place, it seems that, like these powerful cartels are above the law. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't want to end this conversation without satisfying some of the people who have conspiracy theories. These are the ones I like because when you go on Twitter, you will see everything that everyone everyone will bring across um, the the table. Um, some have even tried to link it to um, an attack that was orchestrated by some unknown individuals, similar to what is happening to the UK um, air control system. But because we do not have um, the data to support such uh, conversations, we will leave it at the conspiracy theories and we will stick to what we are, we, we as journalists are trained to do, <laughs> follow the facts. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Irene, you wanted to say something. No, no, I don't want to get into that conversation because again, I, t- I might find myself in trouble. Let <laughs> me uh, still continue with the familiar territory I'm used to. Yeah, uh, for those who do n- who uh, who listen to us um, on uh, on what do you call it on uh, beyond the headlines um, on Capital in the morning with Farid and Sony, you'll know that Irene has quite a large fan base within government agencies, KRA being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and for now, we take another break. And when we come back, okay, so <laughs> we'll just continue on. Uh, sorry about that. So we are going on to something that has been known as the Spanish kiss gate. Now for this, I'll just allow Blaze to do the introduction to this conversation because he's been waiting for this conversation. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, what it seems, how you are putting it, it's like um, I'm, I'm super excited about it. But in real sense, it's, it's a thing of uh, many people having issue with how federations are run and it's not just the spanish federation mm-hmm. uh football federation to be to be exact yeah, it's but in this case it's the spanish yes federation spanish president a spanish president yeah, yeah. spanish uh fa president, FA president sorry, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. what happened i think if and unless you've been living under a rock you've been seeing uh photos or videos of during the sp- after spain won the world cup mm-hmm. uh Someone decided to grab the headlines by literally grabbing someone uh, a player's face and planting a kiss on them, uh, despite people saying it's uh, the mo- uh, it's it's a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. It's something that uh, it's a, a part of the Spanish culture, which Spanish people have come out and actively said it's not part of our culture. Really, kissing someone on the mouth, uh. it's not. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought I've I'm a, <laughs> I, I've seen. Them k- k- kiss, kiss each other on the mouth. It's, it's and not, if, if clearly okay. the people that um, uh, Blaze has been reading about, <laughs> if uh, they are, they argue that if you so here's the here's the context of this whole conversation. The Spanish FA president um, is under a lot of pressure to resign after he was after he was. I don't even I don't, I don't no, say put filmed. It, put it out how it is. How so it during was. the medal presentation, yes, yes, mm-hmm. the Spanish FA president was congratulating every player that was coming across after receiving a medal, right? And this one player, um, her name, Jenny Hermoso, yes, mm-hmm. um, happened to also come across, and the Spanish FA president um, gave her uh, gave her a hug, and then kissed her so, on the so, lip. So, on the lips. Uh-huh. So at first there was there was really like it just passed mm. until a few minutes later when media outlets started um, condemning the issue. So she's the only one who was kissed. The other, yeah. the others were given pets, pets on the, and the uh, and a huge hug. Some were being lifted up mm. and stuff like that. Was there an affair prior? Because you know it could be. You see now this thing you, you don't know. You don't know uh, where where I come from. They say <laughs> the issues between uh, two people are usually left to the two, two people. people. Yeah. Yes, don't ask too many questions. Mm. But but unfortunately, mm. we are dealing with the Western media, <laughs> which the 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 thing with this conversation, unfortunately, is it keeps on getting a new head every time you every time something else every time something else 
happens. Now, when it first came out, the the issue was it he didn't the FA president didn't ask for consent. Mm-hmm. My 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 take on it was you are you you have just won the World Cup with a team that almost worked out on you. Mm-hmm. But they have proved everyone wrong in that they have gone and they have beaten a team that were deemed the the favorites. The favorites. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. With everything that was against you, you went and won. This guy, like if you watch the full medal presentation, you'd see he was he was super hyper. Jumping around, carrying everyone on 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 his shoulders, and running around with them, he was acting like a baby. Mm-hmm. So when I say that 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 whole that whole scenario was was a spur of the moment, it was it was spontaneous. He had not thought about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just uh, and in the office we usually have this conversation yeah. and it just gets into a full blown uh, argument, argument yeah. where people come in and leave the group <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and they just leave us there mm-hmm. if it was indeed a spa at the moment um, or whatever may come out of of it the 90 day um, sort of penalty or fine whatever we may yeah. call it mm-hmm. is it From enough FIFA. yeah is is it enough for for that particular spa of the moment or my or my view uh, before uh, mm-hmm. lazy comes in my view is fifa was just reacting trying to put out this fire yes uh, in the hope that if it says we've banned uh, the the spanish fa president for 90 days it will help with cooling down the fire because don't forget fifa is not everyone's favorite um, um entity whenever it comes to issues to do with with dealing with um what do you call it um uh justice okay. meeting, meeting out justice yeah meeting out justice yeah. in any in any in any platform be it um racial when it comes to racial abuse gender abuse or something like that it is never anyone's favorite and even in this case when that when they said 90 days suspension do not contact jenny and you are not supposed even to ta- to be involved with any football related activity people still said blaze and and gang still said that's not enough blaze will blaze and gang will not will not rest until until uh rubiales rubiales ah okay steps now, down the final word. okay now the thing is with the spin thing it's a pattern that has been shown throughout and No, numerous players have come out and said you know what we are not comfortable with this federation we are not comfortable with this coach you see now what you are doing is completely negating everything that the players have have have, have been saying and your every wh- what's happening at the moment is the spanish federation taking taking themselves as the victim well they're not They're even threatening to sue Jenny Hermoso for whatever it is she did. Because And no, Jenny no. said something mm-hmm. that the Spanish Federation are saying yeah. that's not true. Yeah. And the reverse is also true. Spanish Federation said put words in Jenny Hermoso's mouth saying claiming that she said it was uh, she had given consent. Well, in real sense she hadn't given consent. And that's the thing. We saw the videos We've seen pictures, we've seen everything. The evidence is right there. It's not hidden. If you go on Twitter, you can find it this moment on Monday 20 whatever the date is now. You can still find it. 
and the reason why this 90 day thing isn't isn't enough mm-hmm. is because after the 90 days he'll still come back he still won't face the consequences he needs literally needs to be kicked out of the out of the out of the federation him his coach and the thing is even the coach the backroom staff have all left so here's the thing mm-hmm. i think the the conversation that whoever is trying to get uh, the fa president out yeah. is trying to do is trying to clean clean spanish football mm-hmm. but through the back door mm-hmm. what do you if mean you want the back door? if you want the president out mm-hmm. this is not go for the president don't take advantage of yeah, such don't scenarios say that. now i want the president must go including the 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 coach and the backroom staff it's becoming political didn't touch didn't because touch it's 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 football football and politics have always been intertwined at this point spain uh the uh, spanish federation is threatening to blackmail politicians who are not even involved in the in in, in spanish football in any way that's the beauty black- that's the beauty with spain uh-huh. in that spain brazil um what do you call it nigeria yeah. same thing mm-hmm. if you don't get the football politics right yeah. you are you are going to if you are a politician mm-hmm. you'll probably suffer mm-hmm. on the political yeah. front yes but, but in mm-hmm. this case I honestly think if you if if the people who are going after the FA president do not do not change their game strategy of trying to hold him accountable instead of trying to get the whole uh, Spanish Spanish technical bench out they will end up with end up losing their their fight and that is what I've been saying You're, you've been making this young lady and by the she's she's 33 years old yeah. you've been making her look like she cannot fight for herself what do you mean she can't fight for herself yeah. she, it's just support from every who other single person in the whole world who has seen this is sexual harassment in the workplace because at at that moment on the pitch that's their workplace it doesn't matter how how informal it looks that's their workplace and i asked you laban mm-hmm. i asked you When you get a raise, uh, let's say 100% raise in a hypothetical world, under no circumstances are you going in a celebratory mood to go and kiss someone else in this office. But but the, but, the but, but, but why did okay. why did he kiss this particular? Thank you. That's the question. Uh, we go back. We two go sides back. of the coin. We should investigate whether there's something else behind the scene. You know, we, we don't know what is happening. And if there's something, so that's the thing. Behind the that's scene. the thing. You see, if <laughs> if it was if it was Irene, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Let's say if I, I I did the same thing to Irene, yeah. yes. Yeah. Chances are there's someone. You see, in Kenya, mm-hmm. there there are going to be those blog spots who will start asking. And by the way, what is what what is Irene's relationship to Laban such that Laban felt so comfortable having to do that? Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. So in this case, if even if you look at the video, that's why I say look at the video, remove the remove the prejudices. Yeah. Watch the video again mm-hmm. and look at everyone in that in that semicircle and you realize people actually looked and actually realized like there were two ladies in that medal presentation and they just like smiled because they were like okay this is something it's, that is within the camp it's mm. okay it, it cannot be and if uh, if if that's the case then one, both of them are breaking the rule in that a, a president can definitely not be romantically involved with a play, with a player mm-hmm. because there's a total imbalance in power is and it, at that it, moment the president <laughs> has the power over the, over the player uh-huh. because it, it's been seen you know the funny thing is uh-huh. when the football uh, the football federa- federation the football union mm-hmm. released a statement yeah. they used those very words yeah the president had power over 
the yes. player. Yeah. I uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, now that's you. Now, I that's can tell you. you I now. can tell you for maybe it's because I've been brought up among uh, among women who who are strong and who can speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Irene in, uh, included. Yes, mm-hmm. like they do not, <laughs> they do not necessarily have to take everything. Um, Lying the, down. I didn't want to say that. Yeah. But yeah, but they will they will speak up for themselves. In this case, people are speaking for Jenny, which is which I would rather she speaks for herself. Yeah. What is Jenny saying? Literally, without being quoted, without Jenny said Jenny said she was uncomfortable with that moment, and here you are. Completely castigating it away. No, no, no. Saying, yeah, that's what you're doing. You see, <laughs> the thing is, we have not gotten Jenny's word herself. It yeah. is reported speech. And that's what? the unfortunate thing, that it is reported speech. It is not where you see. Like, when not holding a press conference and saying, guys, this is what happened. This is my okay. stand. In this, Hypothetically. In if this world, in this world ha- of digital, digital mm-hmm. um, technology, yeah. you can easily just shoot a video. When Tiger Woods had a scandal, what did he just do? He released a video to say this is what happened and mm-hmm. yes i cheated on my on my wife and i'm paying the consequences mm-hmm. um uh, i'm trying to remember someone greenwood never released a yeah. statement i'm trying to remember some, but greenwood did greenwood did uh, uh, after being released yeah after being released mm-hmm. he, re- he released a statement you see you come out and you explain okay. your side of the story laban because in this case mm-hmm. it keeps looking like they are agitators they are people who are who are going after another 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 interest and it's not what Jenny would want so in this case Jenny Jenny cannot even celebrate um the fact that she is a world cup winner look Naban, we can't keep making excuses for abusers and so especially someone who has a partner no 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 we can't we can't we cannot it's interesting that we keep having a discussion that has to end yeah because we have run out of time. Next time, I think we'll just put it as the first conversation. No, next time. I'm, no, 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 no. Not having this conversation again. Okay. <laughs> if you would like to um, give us a topic that we can digest for you, um, you can you can uh, reach us on uh, at Capital FM Kenya, hashtag Global Digest, or WhatsApp us on 071, uh, 0701984984. And we will be able to digest that topic for you. And for now, we would like to say thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, On behalf of Irene and uh, Blaze and myself, thank you and good night.